Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is October 8th, 2017. It is episode 45. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. And we're going to be talking to you about the normal pinball and video games this go-around. Mm-hmm. Yes, but first we're going to talk about introductions. Tony, it's been two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yes. What's yeah. been going on? Some of the stuff we're going to talk about later, so I'll leave that off, like the Penapalooza, I'll leave that off and stuff, because we're just going to talk about that later. Right. Um, I've been in a weird gaming mood lately. What do you mean by weird? Where I haven't really wanted to play anything mm. at all. Uh, and which is like we talked last, last episode, the two weeks prior, I'd barely played any games except for like Cold Waters. And now I went like the full week after our first week after our last episode. I don't know if I played anything. Um, and then I got Cuphead, which we'll talk about later. And I got, um, Sleeping Dogs, uh, which I've just barely started, but it seems like an interesting little game. Uh, and I've been playing some Stellaris and Overwatch, but game wise, that's about all I've done. And even there, I haven't played, been playing a whole lot of any of it. Um, I've been spending a lot of time reading, uh, listening to some audiobooks because I've really gotten into a couple of them. So, I've not just been listening in the car or when I've been doing like mindless tasks at work, I've actually been listening to them after I got home. And I've also been, uh, reading some comics and stuff, but oh yeah. And I've started re since, since the season finale of season three of Rick and Morty was last week, I've started rewatching all three seasons of Rick and Morty. So mm, yeah, I've never, there's seen that. a couple hours. You should, you'd enjoy it. I'll consider it. I've tried to cut back on the cartoons I've watched because I ended up in a hole where I was, they were just consuming so much time to keep up with that I scaled them all back. No more Family Guy, no more Simpsons. It's all, all of it slashed away. Yeah, but the difference is, is unlike Family Guy and Simpsons and all of that, Rick and Morty's fun. Mm, bold words. It's also, it's also really short, all in all. Um, the seasons are all between like 10 and 13 episodes. Just let me know when Venture Brothers has a new season. That's all I really long for. Oh, man. Um, I think that we can ignore that. I think that one's done. Mm. Oh, did, it's, that, did things that's happen? Like, no, I just, that's the thing. Nothing's happened. I, I, I would be amazed if it ever hit again. I mean, that would be like, um, there's a couple other shows that hit like that and never really came out. Well, Venture Brothers, other than perhaps season one to season two, there have always been years between the seasons. It's always felt weird, like they give up every time, and then it, it oh, comes out. well, no, I'm completely wrong. Season six came out last year. Yeah, I thought I'd seen something not that, not that long ago. Um, yeah. And they left it I, ready I, for continuation. I didn't see any of season six. I, oh, I've only okay. seen... Okay. Season five. No, I think so I've been totally thinking it's been four plus years since. No, but no. Well, and that's that's how Rick and Morty is. I mean, Rick and Morty's got snort typically several years between uh, episodes. I mean, season one was eleven episodes, and it was started in um, December of twenty thirteen, and ended. And season two was ten episodes that started in July of twenty fifteen. And season three was 10 episodes and it started 
in, on on April Fool's Day of this year, but there was like just that one episode, and then they didn't show any more until September, and it's done now. The last episode aired last week. So, okay. Hmm. So they're the same way. They've got several years between seasons. What have you been up to? Not a lot. Since I've done very little. Uh, work-wise, been pretty busy. So I actually have the next few days off. And then I'm taking all of next week off. Uh, mostly, uh, I have too much vacation. I was going to take this next week off entirely, but I have to do the budget meeting. So I couldn't really rationalize. Do Well, I, I couldn't take Friday. So it was like, okay, well, I need at least a day of prep. But most of that's hammered out at this point. So given all of that... I haven't been doing too much because I've been just exhausted afterwards. I've been doing my Gems of War because they did that title update a few weeks ago. <laughs> so I've been doing the Gems of War. I'm going to talk a bit more about Mafia 3 because I'm deep enough in it uh, when we get to the video game segment. Uh, and I have also done a bit of Overwatch, mostly just uh, arcade monio mystery hero type stuff. And... Uh, let's see. Other than that, not a whole lot. So I guess I'll, well, uh, let me throw out first a, a correction from the last episode. Uh, when I was talking about Zacharia Pinball, the video game, I mispronounced Zacharia. I kept saying Zacharia. And I had two different people write in with two different pronunciations. So one said it's Zacharia, one said it's Zachariah, but acknowledge that Zacharia is also seen as acceptable. I have historically used Zacharia, and I started thinking I was emphasizing the wrong syllable for some reason. So I'll probably go back to Zacharia, which if it works like Spanish, the y- your I would look would sound like an E. So I'm guessing Italian's related enough that that's probably the more uh, authentic version. But regardless, we're going to start saying Zacharia instead. And as people probably heard before they got to hear the lush, mellow tones of Tony's voice welcoming them to the show, we have new intro music. Uh, Been over a year with the old intro. I actually had complaints about the old intro. People would actually walk up to me and tell me they didn't like the intro. (laughs) And I would ask why. And then the answers were usually, I don't know. I just don't like it. So so anyway, uh, so it's new. So now it's chiptune. So and they'll probably not like it either because it's still too p- plucky and upbeat. Too happy. That's my theory. So haven't, yeah. you, haven't you seen a movie trailer lately? You take a, a happy, upbeat song, you slow it down, you drop the octave a little bit, and you make it really creepy and sad. That's the thing right now. The pilot of that show in Humans, I think it was in Humans, yeah. And they had two or three of the songs done that way in the pilot. I was really annoyed with how edgy they were trying to be. It's like, <laughs> come on. Why don't, why don't you just steal from John Woo and do Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but just grit, gritty and dark instead of, <laughs> instead of just playing it authentically in an off, in an offset scene, a la face off style. See, I liked it in the, in the trailer for Age of Ultron when they did it with the, uh, Pinocchio song. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked that. That was one of the first times I really noticed that thing. But it's, well, it's become a fad su- now. Yeah, it's a super fad now. And that's a super lame. <laughs> it is. It is. No, no, I'll agree with you. I liked it then. I thought it was really cool then in that one thing. It's like, oh, that worked really well. But now everybody's doing it. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And every once in a while, it works. But more often than not, it's just like, this doesn't actually help it out 
at all. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I agree. Know. You're it's right. Hundred percent right. Have you also seen the? I know this is completely off topic. Have you That's seen this right. thing lately where you're watching, like you go on to to YouTube or somewhere to watch a movie trailer, and the first like ten seconds of the trailer is showing like multiple fast snippets from elsewhere in the trailer and telling you what the trailer what the it's like a pre-trailer trailer. It's like a trailer for the trailer. Have you seen that? No, but I think the only recent trailer I've seen is for the next Pacific Rim. Okay, yeah. And I watch a lot of trailers because I like watching trailers for movies. And I've noticed a lot of them now, they'll have this thing where they have like a pre-trailer trailer. That's like the first 10, 15, maybe 20 seconds of the trailer will show little snippets from like two spots in the trailer with a big thing saying what the trailer's about. Like, I didn't know that I just clicked on the trailer for whatever movie I clicked on. And then the trailer will start up in actuality. And it's okay. like, well, that was really weird. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they do that. No, I, I hadn't seen that, though. Next time I come across a trailer like that, I'll send it to you. Yeah, give me a link so I can check it out. Last intro thing was I did go and pick up a new pinball machine yesterday. So, yeah, yeah, I, this one had been listed for a while, uh, for a few weeks. It was a silver slugger kind of near St. Louis and just with as busy I was with work, I thought, oh, you're going to sell it before I have an opportunity. I reached out to see if maybe they'd ever come to the area. And as listeners probably recall, I've been watching for a Gottlieb street level for a while, either silver slugger or hoops. I was keeping my eye out for both. And so anyway, it was still for sale. And since I had Monday through Wednesday off, I was like, okay, I actually have a window here where I could probably do that run because it was going to be about eight, eight and a half hours round trip to go get a machine, get this (laughs) not very valuable pinball machine. And so anyway, the Saturday worked for them. And so I went and deal went really well. There was, uh, I mean, it was listed as working. It was, I mean, it, it was, the balls were out of it. Uh, apparently it was like in a communal place. So some people were messing with it since the owner had less been there. So put the balls in, uh, some of the, uh, coils weren't firing. Someone had unplugged a wire out of the back box. So he troubleshot all that. The uh, functionally, I knew one of the pops wasn't working when we tested it. And when I got it back, I see one of the coils at some stage in its life overheated and melted plastic in it. So it's not pulling the pop bumper. So I've already got that on order and that's it. Everything else was functional. I've got a few other cosmetic things. Yeah. They, uh, it's heavily mylard. So there's some mylar bubbling on it, but the art looks good because it's got all that mylar everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it plays now even without the pot, you just don't get as much play up there obviously. So it's weird. It's a, it's a weird game. I haven't measured it. I wonder if it's a little narrower than a typical standard body. Actually. It's like that. What would, what would appeal to someone like me who does not like wide bodies? The opposite. I need like anorexic bodies. <laughs> anorexic body. Is it uh has it entered? Have you figured out where it's going to go into your lineup? Cause I know your lineup was pretty much full. Yes. It well, Skylab's in the garage now. Oh, you move Skylab to the garage. Yep, it'll probably I'll probably list it for sale soon uh, because I don't see much point in keeping it's it work, uh, keeping it in. The, it was my first, but you know how sentimental I am, which is uh, maybe not, not as much, all. not as much as <laughs> a little. I suppose a little. I have photos of it. I'd rather it go to. I'd rather it go to some place that it'll get played. But you know the the fundamental problem with Skylab, besides that, I don't think the gameplay is very interesting on it. Is it's a single player. 
So whenever I have anyone over, we never play competitive games on Skylab. Yeah. A, a multiplayer EM would not have that problem. Like if I had a Grand Prix, it would have had better contention than Skylab. And I know Nick's spoken about this of Nick's North American Pinball Tour about the value and the enjoyment that you get out of the multiplayers uh, often can offset the added complexity that you might be able to see on the logic side of an EM in the single player realm because it could keep tra- track of things from ball to ball because you didn't have to keep track for separate players. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's a sort of the, if I, I just, I, I'm logical about it. I go off of what, what's the quantity I put in time wise and I play Skylab the least, you know, followed by Superman. So it's just, it's just math, simple math. So yeah. Um, we'll see. I still need to fix. It's got an intermittent reset issue. I need to clean a few more switches. I think it's just gunk. Uh, you know, I worked on it a little bit. It got a little better. I just need to go in and and sterilize that entire uh, score reel that controls that. Otherwise, it's uh, probably ready to go. So, so yeah, it's already in the lineup. And of course, I stack them by height because OCD. So it's uh, between Sharkies and Superman is where it fits. It's a little bit shorter than Sharkies by like half an inch. Hmm. So. I guess that's it for intro, so we can move on over into the pinball segment. Pinball, and yes, I know that was pinball, pinball but that was just about pinball. picking up a pinball game. Pinball. I've put in a number of games on it already. It's it's odd. You'll you can see sometime. It's yeah, it's, I'm sure. Uh, I'll, 1990 I'll, games. I'll, I'll so play it at some point. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. It's not. It ain't no Sharkies. That's for sure. Well, Sharkies was Sharkies. I'll be honest. Sharky surprised me. You got Sharky's. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I, it, it still might be my favorite game in your lineup. If not, it's, it's close to it. There's a thread. Um, last I looked fairly near the top. I looked earlier this week on tilt forums where people were talking about Sharky's and about how good it is versus how it's perceived. And I did not start that thread. So. Yeah, it's just hmm. it's just one of those it's just one of those games, uh, and this one uh, the the neat thing about Silver Slugger from from what I've played of it so far is even as stripped down as you know I have the flyer for the game where they're talking about how it was going to be less than the last Gottlieb's they were they were cutting their prices that was the strategy you know this was going to be uh, the deal to satisfy the operators that were tired of how expensive pinball machines were getting ha 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 if they could see today's world. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about it is there's so much to shoot for. I mean, it's just, it's packed. It's got three spinners. It's got bank of drop targets, two uh, opposite banks of standups. It's got two uh, saucers, kind of like firepower saucers to shoot for. It's got three ball, multi-ball. So there it's got a real skill shot where you have to do a top lane plunge, but you can't move it. And if you overshoot it, it will orbit around. And if you undershoot it, it will orbit around. So that there's actually quite a bit of substance to this game. And when you look on Pinside, actually, I think all the written reviews are fairly positive of it, which is part of the reason why it was at the top of my list. Cool. That and Hoops. Hoops, which doesn't have the uh, weird Gottlieb mystery hole problem that a lot of Gottliebs have. So anyway, but Hoops is a lot rarer. Hoops is off the list now. I actually, my wish list on Pinside is blank. I took out the, I got tired of getting alerts for Walking Dead. I can watch for those anytime. So. Yeah. And then there's nothing else that's that. I had Lord of the Rings since 2012 in that list, but again, they pop up all the time for $6,000. I'm just tired of seeing them. I'm not going to spend that. So, 
it's just yeah i mean there are a few things you know i don't i don't put pinbot for example on the wish list anymore because there're just too many that come up for sale i'm always watching for a pinbot there actually was a pinbot in the area uh, for a thousand bucks with non-working flippers. And I checked again when I was heading back from St. Louis and it was already sold. And I see it already listed for twice the price from <laughs> someone else. So I'm sure it's of the course. same machine. Of course it is. But th- them's the breaks. Can't I can't scoop up every every deal. Still, well, that, that would have been impressive for you. Two machines in one day. I didn't have enough cash to pick up that pinball. <laughs> I would have been like, it was it was at the point where my dad and I went together to go. We did a road trip to go get the Silver Slugger. We're going back. And it's like, so how much was that pinball listed for? And I was like, I think it's a thousand bucks. It's like, well, I got 300 in my wallet. What do you got? I got, I got $122. Do you think <laughs> he'll take 422? It's like, uh, probably not. Well, we could call him. Let me second see if the ad's up. No, it's down. He sold it. <sighs> oh, well. But yes, it was contemplated. It's always contemplated. <laughs> you never know if they're desperate enough to get rid of it. Uh, maybe, maybe they won't uh, slam the phone on the receiver when you <laughs> when you don't even offer them half of what they ask for. So, pinball segment. All right. Uh, quick news. I just put this in. I figured probably should cover. There hasn't been a lot of news, which is good. I'd rather talk about the more fun stuff. But I just thought I should note uh, pinball expo. It's coming up rapidly. The only buzz I'm aware of, and I have not been following the Expo threads, so I may be totally off base on this, but the only buzz I am aware of is that Jersey Jack Pinball, or JJP, is expected to, actually, I believe they have confirmed, they will be announcing and revealing, and I believe for play, so you can play it just like dialed in last year, their game number four. Really? Yes. So obviously it's if if they get it out into production, much like when they got dialed in into production versus when it was announced, then it would seem like the that would be good enough evidence that they've finally gotten past all their production bottlenecks. Do you have any I don't know if Tony, if you've been following or heard any rumors about what the game might be? I haven't been following. I haven't heard any rumors or anything. I'm I, I'm really surprised because I did not expect anything from them again until maybe an announcement uh, this year, but I more likely not until next year. And I sure didn't expect anything to be playable before next year. We're not with dialed in, just rolling. I figured that would be the earliest we could hope to see it because of just how their stuff has worked out. Yeah, I, I'm a bit surprised as well. I don't know if this is if this is a sign of it other than that production's not bottlenecked anymore. I don't know if it's a sign of anything. For example, is this a sign that dialed in does not have the sales numbers that the licensed pins had or anything along those lines, the way they run their assembly line, I wouldn't, I'm not going to read too much into it. The ongoing rumors that I'm aware of are, are basically two that it's either pirates of the Caribbean, which seems to be the predominant rumor or it's toy story. Those seem to be the two main. Well, Toy Story's been a rumor for years now. Yes, and and some say that Toy Story is still in the works, but that Pirates of the Caribbean is the next license, and so that's just what little buzz I because I'm I'm not tracking those threads either, but it spills over into other discussions, and that's the one that most people are saying. I have also heard supposedly it has been rumor mill confirmed repeatedly that, that whatever version it is, it will be another wide body pin. So I am disappointed because that will hurt their sales. I just wonder, I mean, does anybody really want a Pirates of the Caribbean pen? Does anybody actually care about Pirates of the Caribbean anymore? I know they just put out a new movie, but still. Does, yeah, there's a new movie, Tony. Well, yeah, Come that's, on. that's great. But that's because 
people is, see giant franchises and giant franchises just have to keep rolling and living forever now. That's the new, that's the new movie meta is once you get a franchise, you don't do a trilogy, you do a universe and you build just never ending stories and you start making side stories that take place in the same universe and everything just keeps going forever. So that's how all that stuff is anymore. Well, I think your point is well taken. I don't know how good the new movie is. I've seen the first three. I've seen the maybe? first three. I, and and this was number five? I think so. As I recall, I think we actually think, had that uh, so. conversation on an episode at one point about it. Oh, gosh. Well, we're just so sick. We're trying to remember if there was gosh. four or five uh, episodes or Okay. Well, all right. Let's just move. We'll move past that then. <laughs> um, no, I mean, as a theme, I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a winner. Uh, but then again, I also think that Jersey Jack has never picked a winner theme when they've chosen themes. Uh, I mean, Wizard of Oz is a timeless classic, but there's nothing about it, I think, that particularly lends itself well to a No, machine. I agree. Hobbit is a timeless classic. Unfortunately, it's based on a pretty bloated set of films. I mean, again, if you're a huge Hobbit fan, but who's going to be a huge Hobbit fan from a movie perspective? I don't see how, because the movies were nowhere. I mean, they were definitely not Lord of the Rings. That's for sure. No, they're just, they're bloated. They're bloated. It's not that the acting's bad or anything, but they're just, they're not great films. They're not legendary films. And even if the new Pirates movie is a decent Pirates movie, I have a lot of trouble believing it will ever be seen as being as good as the first Pirates movie, which is a good movie. The first one is. And the th- the thing that makes it really weird is that there's already a pirate's pinball machine. And this isn't the Star Wars franchise where you can understand why there are 20,000 different versions of Star Wars out right. there. Right. I don't, this is not a franchise that deserves more than one pin. And it's not like, well, again, I think this sort of, we saw these comparisons with The Hobbit. Lord of the Rings is one of Stern's best White Star board set pinball machines one of their best pinball machines they ever made on review wise it's still in the top 10 on pin side last i looked and it's so and then hobbit of course got compared to that and what is hobbit but a slower not as good lord of the rings i I honestly don't play at all like lord of the rings other than you could say they both are basically fan layouts i mean I, i say basically because hobbit does have a third flipper but it's worthless well i mean to be fair Hobbit is as much less of a pinball machine than Lord of the Rings as the Hobbit movies are less than the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. That's a good, that's a good comparison. The issue with, uh, so anyway, but Pirates, uh, Stern's Pirates, uh, it's a good game. It's not one that I want to own, but the ship toy is, is perhaps their best toy they ever did when branded as Stern Pinball. It just, it looks cool. It's, there's a lot to shoot for. It feels full. Uh, it's a bit of a long player, but you know, sometimes you want a long playing game. And so they're going to be compared to that. Now, if they do their lowest model is 8,000 plus dollars, then I'm sure Jersey Jack can stick in more stuff than Stern's Pirate of the Caribbean ever had. Yeah. So it's not that they can't win the bling war. Jersey Jack can always win the bling war. I'm really, I mean, I'm going to say it's probably because it was already in development, but I mean, seriously, dialed in is their best game from a gameplay perspective by a country mile. Why in the world would you go back to doing wide bodies? I don't know, man. Dialed in is, dialed in is easily my favorite Jersey Jack game by. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. It's not I even really like how it plays. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, I, I'm going to assume it was already in the works, but if they are, if they're thinking they just did a standard because Pat Lawler wanted to do a standard, they're going back to these wide body designs. Uh, I don't know. There's a, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the super master knowledge of all the pinballs out there, but I'm telling you something. There's a reason why when most people start talking Jersey Jack, they talk about the quality and they talk about the look. And then when it comes to the gameplay, it tends not to be up near the top. And I think it has to do with the fact that they keep going with the wide bodies, but you know, it's their choice. Yeah. So so there's that. And then the only other little bit of quick news I thought I'd note is there it, Aliens, we the alien pinball machine. We talked about that. Maybe it was shipping. Maybe it wasn't shipping. The company Highway Pinball has said now that it is shipping, that they've actually put it on a ship and that it is now in an ocean surrounded by water. Sailing so, through the Bermuda Triangle. say it that way. It will vanish yeah. and it'll never be delivered. <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> in the middle of a big ocean. And so. Iceberg, right uh, ahead. I, yeah. <laughs> Knowing the how things have been going with this company, that is probably what will happen. And the ship won't be insured. Of course not. It, just, it won't be insured. It won't be insured. So anyway, we may hear about some unboxings and such as time goes. I still don't see how Highway is going to survive all of this. I just don't think they're putting out machines fast enough. But And with them wanting two grand or whatever more per unit now for any new purchases, it's just it's just not an attractive unit. I mean, they're, I think they're asking as much as Jersey Jack asks on the low end for a game. And it's just not – I just don't think it's there. So, But we'll see. They're 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 trying to make good. They're they're trying, but I'm I'm going to agree. I think that they'll get this machine out to the people with the pre orders and maybe a few more, but I am hard pressed to see um this machine or this be there being another machine from them. I could be wrong, but I, I just have a hard time believing it. No, that that's my that's my angle as well. I can imagine them may, maybe they can write the ship enough that they're actually able to perhaps for even a decent period of time produce aliens, sell aliens. Maybe they recoup their investment on alien or not lose money, and then I imagine they fold up and, and just leave all this. But we'll have to see. Best of luck to them. So, Penapalooza six, Tony. Tell us about what a Pinapalooza 6 is. Pinapalooza 6 is a local gathering of pinheads. Not, okay, local-ish gathering of maybe regional? Not quite regional. Yeah. What would be between local and regional? Hmm. Uh, leg- legional. Legional gathering of pinheads that has pretty much every game you could want to play. <laughs> Maybe not every game you could want to play, but man, it is such an impressive collection. I had a ton of fun. I entered the tournaments. I know you and Eric didn't, and nobody else went with us uh, this time around. But the tournaments this time was the survival tournament like we've talked about in the past. Um, I did poorly in the survival tournament. I had three straight house balls on Trizone. It was the worst score possibly imaginable and most everybody else was easily doubling and tripling on their first my total score on their first ball it was terrible it was terrible i was embarrassed i was embarrassed for myself i mean i don't claim to be some great pinballer 
but I was embarrassed. It was such a bad score. And then the main tournament was uh pinball, pinball, pinball uh tournament where it amounted to there was a selection of machines, everybody started playing, and when you um I know I'm gonna get this backwards. I even I played it and I know I'm gonna get this backwards. When you won on a machine, you left the machine and got in line to go replace somebody else who had won on a different machine. Uh, and if you lose on a machine twice in a row, you would leave instead of the winner. And that's how it kind of rotated through. And the whole point of it is to basically play and win games as fast as possible because the overall winner is decided by the person with the most total wins. And I did really bad. I did so terrible. Oh, God, it was disgusting how terrible I did. <laughs> but it was fun. I had a lot of fun. What did you think of the format? Because I've never played a format like this. Once everybody, once it got figured out, it, when it started, it was kind of a cluster like you would expect with any format where not very many people, it's not a format you normally play. By the time, because it was three rounds, each round was 75 minutes. By the time second round started, everything was locked in pretty good and it was flowing pretty smooth. But for the first part of the first round, um, it was a little slower than you would like. And there were trying, there were some hiccups and mistakes and, and try things getting backed up and the line being longer than it needed to be. Cause we were, people were like, Oh, who needs to go here and this and that. But it, it worked out by the time we got to the second, things were just flowing along real nice. And the third was pretty good. It was just nice, steady and fast, except for when you got caught. Some people got caught on some long games on like Indy, uh, Anna Jones. And, um, I got caught on a fairly long game on, um, ACDC. And which kind of slowed you down, which for a format like that, long games, long matches are like, oh no, this is not what I want. I Sometimes you get to a match where it's going slow enough. It's like, man, I should almost just lose this as quick as possible because it'd be better to lose this and get back in play than to keep playing a long game. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't really consider doing it. The tournament director, Phil, did ask, asked pretty hard actually, but I, uh, on the other pinnacle loses the tournaments and it's particularly the survival tournament has kept me up so late, uh, far longer than I really want to stay. And I feel obligated to not bail. Cause I also like to try and win. So <laughs> I decided this time I, I wasn't going to do that. So Eric, my brother-in-law who you mentioned went with us, we decided that we were going to do a head to head tournament just between our, ourselves. And we, ran through practically every single game that was available. If it wasn't turned off or it wasn't on coin drop for some of the other contests that were going on, I think we only missed maybe four games or so out of the collection. And as you know, it's a large collection. Uh, Pinapalooza is hosted by by Todd, who's the owner operator of Big Daddy Enterprises. And his his collection varies, you know, depending on on what games he's got in and what games are, are operational. I'm going to say it hovers at around 90 playable units. And as you noted, it's it's quite it's quite an impressive collection. I mean, oh, it's so impressive. 
He's probably got, I'd say, yeah, all the A-list Williams games that you would name, a, a number of the B-list ones you would expect, uh, a number of System 11 titles, uh, most of the Class of 81 from Bally, uh, a lot of the famous EMs. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't. Uh, Eric and I did not play any single-player games, so some of the EMs were out if they were single-players. I should go ahead and note that. So we finished off uh, our Pinapalooza quote-unquote tournament, not worth any Whoppers. No dollar fee for you, Josh. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> is 39 to 23 in my favor. But Eric did very well on uh, certain segments. So I think he won most of the System 11 games. I won your favorite, Furry Cops. Yay, and, Furry Cops. And furry I cops. won Pinbot, which furry I know cops. annoyed Eric because Eric's favorite System 11 is Pinbot. The only problem is it's also my favorite. And so I had to take, I had to take that one. Uh, I did get to put my initials on one game, uh, Special Force, which was uh, up in the garage area. It's a bally. And Eric, actually, we did play one coin drop game. I had quarters in my pocket. So we played another System 11 we talked about in our tournament, Transporter the Rescue, which is not a particularly common System 11 game. So a lot of people haven't played it. But Todd does have one. And Eric just destroyed that machine. That one, someone had put up over 8 million points and won the cash box for the night. That was one of the little contests. But Eric had the second highest score, at least off of the sheet of people who had written down high scores. And he got to put his initials in on it. And I just let him play the replay after that because he did so well. And he beat my score on his second game as well. I just, I could not. It's not that I didn't get anything going, but... He went into multiple multi-balls and it was just like, holy crap, Eric, try and try and win, try and win that box. So <laughs> that was definitely his best game of the night. Uh, I think he also won most of the, the, uh, the Stern, uh, Stern games because Todd does have a, a few of the newer Sterns like Ghostbusters and, and ACDC, Aerosmith, things like that. Uh, the, and the interesting thing to me is, and it just shows you just how many different pinball sh- machines have been made and are out there. Todd, with his vast collection, he and I only have one game in common, and that's Superman. And Eric almost beat me on Superman. It was so close because I was trying to spell Superman, but one of the switches, I think, was intermittent. So it wasn't registering one of the Superman letters. And it was a lane. It was a lane feed. So I did not do that shot until my third ball. And then I realized I can't spell Superman. Well, there are other scoring strategies, but I would have done them from ball one had I realized this. So I drained out and Eric had a higher score than me and he finished his ball. And then we saw another key difference between my Superman and Todd's. His is on five ball. Oh, so I, I win because I knew what to do after after that point. <laughs> and and Eric loses. Therefore. I'm better. I think as I as I'd seen it, I, I'm pretty sure his his back glass is in better condition than yours. His back glass is immaculate. It's it was amazing. It's the best Superman. I thought it was a reproduction, and then I looked really close at it, and it's still it's got one of the things I've I've seen Superman repo glass before. The thing is, most of the actually in any repo I've seen, I don't see the mirrored paint. I don't know if it's just too hard to do or if that's not compliant with the EPA at this point or something, but I never see mirror paint on repo. And uh, I talked to Todd later on and, and no, it was, it was the glass he got with the game. So it's like, yeah, no, his glass, incredible. I, I would gladly take his glass away from him, <laughs> but uh, 
And play field wise, I'd say the conditions are pretty similar, but yeah, that glass is stunning. Absolutely stunning. So I think he's been trying to sell that Superman, Tony. So if you're ever interested, check it out. Hmm. One, one, one of these days I will get, have a pinball machine. It, it won't be today. Will it be Superman? I don't know. It'll be dependent upon what's available when I stop having more important draws on my money. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. Oh, if a thing just didn't cost money. Oh, I know, right? Oh, yeah. Speaking of money, Project Pinball Charity, which uh, we are a sponsor of, uh, they are running another sweepstakes. They do sweepstakes all the time to raise uh, money to put pinball machines in children's hospitals and Ronald McDonald houses. And uh, sometimes I participate in them. Uh, the I thing have that as I just well. thought was, yeah, that's right. The thing that's noteworthy is they are actually usually it's uh, it's for Stern, which is not surprising because there are so many Sterns to choose from, and so sometimes they're premiums and sometimes they're pros. They are actually running one now uh, for Total Nuclear Annihilation which we've talked about and we both like a lot. So I just thought I'd sort of plug it here. Uh, they're selling 200 tickets, $70 a ticket. There's a link in the show notes if anyone wants to go and, and support the charity. Uh, reminder that sweepstakes are uh, sweepstakes, and so they are not tax deductible. So it's just uh, because you have the chance to win a prize, not to be giving tax advice to people, but I know it, conf- I, it confuses people sometimes because they are, if you were to donate directly to them, it is tax deductible, but I like to keep people on the right side of the IRS by George. So FYI, uh, I don't know how many tickets were sold. When I looked, I was the first ticket bought. So uh, currently it's 18. Plenty, plenty to go. They usually, it usually, it's not usually a big rush or anything, especially when it's the higher dollar amount. Yeah. This, this is running until the 29th of December uh, or 200 tickets is sold, whichever is first. Okay. Well, no, this is 22 sold. Normally, there, and I have not looked at the details of this particular drawing. Usually, there's a provision that they may extend the, the the deadline if they don't sell out all the tickets. And if all the tickets aren't sold, they refund the money so that they don't have to give away a machine they can't afford. So, so they're uh, provisios for all those scenarios. But Project Pinball Charity is a well vetted charity. We know there have been issues. We've talked about issues with other charities, or at least one other charity and their inability to properly run a drawing. But uh, Project Pinball, they're well-documented. They're they're very transparent with their money, and you can go and confirm easily the number of pinball machines they've placed. I think they've seeded something on the order of 25 in various facilities for children. So that's a good cause if you are interested. Yeah, I'm probably going to get on this one because I love that game. Yeah, and I'd never, I can't ever really justify buying one new. So yeah. it's like, well, you know what? I mean, the odds are are terrible, but not lotto terrible. So it's like, and regardless, the the funds go to a to a good purpose, one that I support and we support as a podcast through a v- variety of mechanisms, such as this promotion. Exactly. So let's go to the last uh, pinball thing. Uh, which is our System 11 which tournament. Which is our sadness. It, holy crap, am I pissed. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, sad, so sad is weak. <laughs> sad, sad, no, sad is accurate, but you know what? Here's the thing, because I didn't put this, I don't think we've been promoting this one on Reddit or anything, have we? I don't think so. I haven't posted it on there. So I usually include a link when I promote the show on Twitter. You know, it's on our Twitter feed. We put it on our Facebook page, uh, put it on probably tilt forms and pin side. I think I can include a link when I link to the episode. These people 
these maybe listeners, but regardless, pinball people, we have been betrayed. Is what has happened. There has been betrayal. So we need to go over the round two results. There were three upsets that happened. Uh, the first was the nine seed, which was high speed, beat the eight seed diner with 68.9% of the vote. That's, That's not an upset. Fair. That was expected. Yeah, high speed is the better game. It counts as an upset because of the seeding, but I completely agree with you. This was a logical outcome. The next upset was the 13-seed Space Station beating the 4-seed Earthshaker with 53.3% of the vote. That's kind of shocking. I am surprised that it did. Uh, Obviously, it was very close, but I did vote for Space Station because I think Earthshaker is overrated, but by a lot, obviously. I've played a fair amount of both, and I prefer Earthshaker. So. And I can understand people. See, I can understand people preferring Earthshaker. I don't think it's very fun to shoot, but I get that from the layout, other people would have a different reaction. It's one of those agree to disagree sort of things, but I, I see the perspective. So while I don't think it's a four seed game, if someone says it's in the top 10 for them, I totally understand. This is what I don't understand. Also a 53.3% spread. So it was close, but the 12th seed mousing around beat Penbot which was the fifth seed. What a bunch of crap. I don't understand it. I think people know your hatred and voted specifically to anger you. That that's to spite me. That's that's me. I, I think, I think that was all troll spite votes right there. I don't know, but you liked Penbot more than mousing around also. Oh yeah. No, I don't like mousing around at all. I, I, I definitely went, I definitely went Penbot. It's this is just, uh, I'm discontinuing the contest. <laughs> Well, let's not I'm go turning that it off. far. I'm turning it off. <laughs> this, you know, I could have flipped this and just said that Pinbot won with 53.3 and had the same complaint and masked it all. But my honesty, my honesty has resulted in this. <laughs> and these privileged mousing around fans have mucked up the whole contest. Doesn't make anyone want to see the end of it. But I think it's unanimous that we shouldn't continue it. Because there's no point, because Pinbot has already fallen <laughs> into Robot Oblivion. Did you really Oblivion. think Pinbot was going to take the number one slot? No, I didn't, but I thought it would beat stupid Mousing Around. Well, I'll agree with you. I thought it would beat Mousing Around, but... No, I don't. I didn't expect... Actually, someone had asked me on Pin's side, and I said I thought Pinbot was going to be in trouble this time. I just thought it would lose in the next round. Not not the cur- not Well, maybe not the next round, because I thought originally it was going to be up against Earthshaker, and apparently it wouldn't have been. <laughs> but anyway, no. And we will continue. I'm obviously I'm 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 joking. Other than that, those of you who voted for Mousing Around, you are wrong. I mean, again, this is not this is not a case like Space Station Earthshaker where I can see the other perspective. You have just chosen wrong. Some some happened. people just choose because the cat dreaming about a busty mouse. That's what it is. Actually, it was you. We were talking about it, and you were like, "Yep, it's the back glass." And I'm, you know what? I think so. And that's sad. A sad state for pinball. But we will march on, and we will honor this poor decision as we have honored all poor decisions in the past only other thing on round two i thought i would note is the largest margin of victory was actually whirlwind which is coming in at the number one seed it beat the 16th seed at 14 tomcat with 75.6 percent of the vote that's not a surprise no it's not so round three matchups we're down to four matchups at this point 
We got Whirlwind is going up against uh, one of your favorites, High Speed. Well, that, that's Which that's going to be obvious. High Speed's the better game. I see. I disagree. I actually, you know, I I'm a big uh, Steve Ritchie fan, but I think Whirlwind is Lawler one of Lawler's best, if not his best game. And I I would actually favor Whirlwind in that scenario. But uh, I definitely see the appeal to High Speed. I, I think you're right. I think Whirlwind will win the matchup. I will be voting for High Speed because I love High Speed. Understood. Yep. And I, I wouldn't fault anyone for choosing high speed over whirlwind anyway. Okay. How about this one? Mouse and around is going against space station. I don't know. Both two of those games, games you didn't be think out. were we going could to probably last. just disqualify those two and just <laughs> give whoever the next round uh, would be against them a buy. But yeah, no, it's, I'm going to go with space station. Yeah. I'm going to space station. Mouse and mouse and has to be put, put it in the trap, <laughs> feed it some decon. It's time. Well, it's time to get rid of it and its little droppings. I'm I'm not going with Space Station just because of my uh, of the the pinbot thing. I think Space Station's a better game than Mousing Around. I do as well, but if the only reason you would support Space Station is out of hate, I will take that hate. Use it. <laughs> Use it. Use it and crush this rodent. Hate based uh, life. Third matchup. Yes. <laughs> uh is going to be Elvira versus Bonsai Run. This one could be close for people. I really enjoy Bonsai Run. Bonsai Run did a lot of things that I thought was awesome. I think Elvira will win. I'll be honest. When I sit down and vote, I'll probably flip a quarter. Because hmm. I like both these wow. games a lot. Interesting. Very objective of you. Very uh, Harvey Two-Face also. Okay, final matchup. Uh, Taxi is going up against Black Knight 2000. That's another tough one. I think I will go with Taxi. Um, yeah, I like Black Knight 2000 a lot, but I really enjoy Taxi. I agree. I, I, th- I like how the rules integrate a bit better. Black Knight 2000, the upper play field just gets a little too repetitive. Great sound package and light show, but I just, yeah, I think Taxi is just a better game overall. So, okay. Well, those will be the round three matchups, Uh link in the show notes. I'll put the links up play everywhere I normally do, I guess, since I can't figure out which one of them was the group of traitors that sabotaged <laughs> this entire thing. Holy cow. And so with that said, we're out of the pinball segment, so it's time to hop on over into video games, I suppose. And uh, I guess I'll open with a transitional one, Pinball FX3, uh, the sequel to Pinball FX2, you know, big shock, very creative name. Uh, it's out. It released after our last episode. Uh, you can import tables from the prior version. Well, which that's is nice. good. That's, I don't know if that really affects me much. Cause I don't think I have any tables on pinball FX two because I thought you did on your phone. I, I do. Yeah, I do on my tablet, but I didn't know. Well, will that translate across? Cause I never got it to translate across to my computer. I don't know if it'll translate across, but I think Pinball FX3 may be available on your tablet, and then you'd be able to download the tables into Into it. that. Yeah, that might work. Yeah. I don't know if that version's out yet or not, but there's no reason for me to think that they're not going to do the all those different platforms like they normally do, because it's a pretty good travel game. So. Mm-hmm. That's why I like. That's why I did it mobily, because it's... It's like I put a lot of time on my tablet in it there for a while, but I I think it is still bound by system type because I don't I have a few games I got with a humble bundle for Pinball FX2 for the computer and I don't think those imported 
on my Xbox. Hard to know if I don't think I bought them twice. I try not to buy things twice, but I, I might have. It was one of the Star Wars packs, so it could have been, you know, at cheap at cheap enough prices. I don't care, but. Anyway, uh, the the main notable things that I just wanted to point out besides that it's out there is there are a lot of different mode options that they've added into the new version. So you can play in different ways. They have challenges now and they have tournament modes now, which Pinball Arcade had tournaments, but but Pinball X3 did not. But now they're you have like challenges will be like high score with just one ball. Go for a score with one ball. And they've also added RPG elements. So as you do things like hit the pop bumpers, you might get a perk that you can equip, which will give you more points when you're in the pop bumpers. So you can actually use power-ups and such. So it's very different from traditional pinball, but this is a video game version, and they've incorporated a lot of uh, interesting features, I'd say, to give you different ways to play the game. So anyway, just wanted to let people know that it is out there. The next game I thought I'd go ahead and jump into is one I've been playing. I I put in a little bit of time on Pinball FX3, but not much. Uh, Mafia 3. I brought it up on the last episode, but I wasn't very far along in it. I'm still not particularly far, but I am after the first what I'd call major plot twist in the game. So I've done a number of missions at this point. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Looks really good. The driving feels okay. I'm not on the super realistic driving mode. I'm keeping it fairly arcade style. The cover-based mechanics uh, feel pretty good. I, I wasn't. Sometimes games don't pull that off very well, and this one seems to have done it pretty competently. Uh, there's been a higher degree of stealth emphasis than I've expected, with you want, wanting to avoid conflict rather than necessarily, necessarily get into a shootout sort of thing. That may change up as you get better equipped throughout the game, uh, and the story's been pretty good. It's sort of set in what we're going to say is New Orleans. They've It's renamed, but you've got this. You're sort of uh, in the black mafia, I guess, is the is the concept. And you're you're up against some other crime families. And obviously, there's a big emphasis on dealing with uh, racism and such, because this is taking place during the Vietnam era. So sort of 60s, late 60s, early 70s. So there's a lot of those Southern uh, values and such coming into play and the racism that was rampant at the time that you have to deal with. So it's, I like it. It's been very, it's been very interesting so far. I've just, I've only really been getting time in on it during the weekends. So I just don't have a lot else to say at this time, but I'm looking forward to still playing it. Unlike Dishonored 2. So I'll keep plugging away. That's a, what you can do. I mean, that's, it's kind of an open world game as our, isn't it? Yep. Yep. I have to, I can get in so much trouble with open world games. Like, yes, I, I, I'm going to try not to spin into the, into side mission oblivion or, or, or exploratory purgatory. Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> Take your pick. I mean, Cause I had that where I, I was over a hundred hours into fallout four and I still hadn't gone to diamond city yet. I think the fallout games emphasize the exploration more than most open world games do. Yeah. This has more of a, we want to be kind of like GTA, but with less totally off the wall stuff to waste your time with. It's not that so sandboxy. It's, so it's, it's, it's Mafia 3 is the toned down version of GTA where like Saints Row is the, well, you didn't go far enough of GTA. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Uh, yeah. Bingo. I like Saints Row. <laughs> I do too. They each have their own place. 
but in Saints Row, I also didn't just go around exploring the city all the time. I was just doing stuff. They just had a lot of those weird mission activities. I liked the one where you had to get hit by cars and were ragdolling. Yeah, that, that was, was that favorite. was always a good – that was a fun one. I always enjoyed that one. Now, you mentioned at the intro that you'd been playing Cuphead. I have, and Cuphead's one of those games that's been on the – the people's radar for a while now since what like 2014 or something like that i think you're right that they first started talking about it and if you haven't seen cuphead you need to see cuphead you don't necessarily need to play cuphead if it's not your some people don't like platformers i'm not a huge platformer guy uh i think this game is a lot harder for me than it is for somebody who would be more into the platformer slash run and gun type player which I'm not, so I'm not that great at them. But the art, it's got this beautiful, like, 30s cartoon art style. And the music is really good. It has just such a good uh, ambiance to it. Uh, I mean, between the music and the art style and everything, it just feels like something special. The gameplay, it's hard. It's not impossible hard. It's not, like, super Meat Boy hard. But it, it, it's hard, but it, but not to the point where when something messes up, you're like, well, this is impossible. It, it's like, okay, yeah, no, I just timed that badly. Uh, I'm really bad about stuff like that. Like I said a minute ago, I'm, I'm not real great at this type of game. Uh, you've played Super Meat Boy with me. I'm not very good at this type of game. <laughs> But so, uh, so you, you feel that the deaths feel fair. Oh yeah. It feels fair. Every time I've died, it hasn't been me going, Oh, well that's BS. That's crap. No, it's been like, no, no, that was completely avoidable by somebody who actually had skill, um, or, or played this type of game enough. I mean, I've been, I've been playing it, not as a sit down and burn through it type game. I've been playing it where I will sit down and fire it up and fight a boss or two. Um, and that's it. I'll, I'll spend, you know, half an hour, maybe an hour playing it a little bit just as kind of a, a downtime right after I get home from work or when I'm getting the kids to bed or something. I'll put a half hour in it or so and then I'll bail out and I'll go do something else because it's just kind of a fun little thing that. I can see where you could blow through it, especially if you were better at these games, uh, without it taking you a whole lot of time. But I've been enjoying it and the whole thing just feels good. The controls feel good. Some of the powers feel like they might be a little bit OP because you can choose kind of your different powers and your different layouts and how things work together. And some of them feel like they might be just a, tad op but not horribly so um not enough to help me out anyway uh other than making things a little bit easier but no it's it's definitely been a surprisingly large amount of fun so since you've been playing it in sort of uh, spurts uh do you have a sense as to how far along you are in it i have just i i, I finished the first island uh there are three islands and i have been working on uh, I've only played like one boss on the second island so far. So, um, I don't know. You could probably knock it out. I, I, I honestly can't say. 
I think, sure, there's probably some people out there that could have knocked this game out in a couple hours or whatever, but I'm, I'm not it. I've got, yeah, I've gotten just over two hours into the game total since I started playing it. And I'm sure it can be not, you probably knocked the whole game out in that amount of time or just a little more, unless, unless it's getting, going to get even harder, which is completely possible that it could jump up to way harder now that I'm off the first island. Um, but it's been fun. It's been enjoyable. I've just, like I said, I've treated it kind of like Binding of Isaac is a game I pick up when it's just like, I just want something that I can just play for a little bit without getting into the deepness of a, of a 4X game or something like Overwatch or Hitman. I want something that's a bit more casual. I wouldn't call this game casual. I don't. I don't really know how to explain it. I've been using it as a relaxation game uh, instead of something that I get really deep buried into because I can play a little bit and then walk away with no problem. Okay. So uh, what's it? I mean, you mentioned Super Meat Boy, but in the context of difficulty, is it a platformer or they call it exactly how they call it a run and gun. Okay. Um, which is probably better than platformer. I've always kind of considered run and gun type games and platformers a lot alike, but it's 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 like contra in some ways. Mm, okay, yeah, I'd use run and gun then as the descriptor. It's sort of interesting on the true achievement site where I do the genre assignment work with a team. The we use a definition of run and gun that actually specifies that it includes platforming elements. Yeah. The the big issue is since we're a multi-genre site, I see a lot of submissions from people, especially people who like to track platformer leaderboards, who try and bring in run and gun games onto the platformer leaderboard. And then it becomes a question of, okay, well, are the platforming mechanics heavy enough to warrant inclusion? And uh, I mean, and you know, this is all getting into a sort of an aside, but in our case, the way we do it is we define platforming as you basically need environmental death, environmental threats to qualify it. So a game like Alien Hominid would not, it just doesn't have enough places where you're alien. You, you've played Alien Hominid, haven't you? Yeah, I think I've played it at it? somebody's house. It wasn't my place. But. Yeah, it is. It's a weird one where you're a little yellow alien. Yeah. Or, or Contra is a good example. There are some places where you can fall off and die. Yes. Is it enough to call it a platformer? Depends on your perspective. Uh, so it's sort of like that. So if a Cuphead has a lot of the where there are platforms, but it's mostly to dodge enemy fire, and it's not really about making the jumps. Right. It'd probably just be run and gun. If it's got jumps and such where you actually are platforming, then it's probably both would be how I how I'd interpret it. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it, it's definitely more of a run and gun because there are platforms whose whole purpose is to let you move to avoid fire and stuff. Um, I just, like I said, I've always just put those two games, that two, those two game styles together. But this is sure. very much, this is do. thinking about it. It's, it's, you know, Contra or games like that is very much what this is. And, uh, Metal Slug, kind of like the Metal Slug games, which are definitely mm, running yeah. games. That's actually, it's a lot like, it's got a lot of stuff that feels like Metal Slug, um, too. So yeah, it's definitely a run and gun. I just, it's been enjoyable. It's a, uh, different type of thing. It's kind of weird because 
most run and guns you have lots of like big open levels where you advance the level as and then eventually you fight a boss and in cuphead there are a lot of bosses and just a couple of the actual run and gun levels where you run through where you have to fight through a level the first island had like yeah the first island had two of those but had like five or six bosses okay my understanding was the game when it was sort of pitched or first programmed it was just boss rush where it was all bosses and then later the running gun levels were tacked on to add more meat to the product yeah no i've heard it's a that that it's a game that can probably be gotten through like i said earlier pretty quickly and i've seen some people online that are way way like high level gamers who blew through it at much quicker than i have but it's enjoyable the art's nice the music's really good i haven't had a chance to play it co-op yet um i need to get another controller uh another wired controller so i can play it co-op because i think co-op would be a lot of fun Mm, i forgot that it had co-op yeah it has two-player cooperative so that with Mughead or whatever yep, his name is Mughead because it's Cuphead and Mughead. So I yeah I'd like to give that a try one of these days I'll get another controller and play it that way. But well, remind me and I'll bring one over sometime because I use a wired controller all the time for Steam games. Yeah, no, that's what I do because it's not worth the hassle and wired controllers are cheap anymore. So. Hmm. Well, did you have any other video games you wanted to talk um, about? I know you're not far enough in Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, I'm so not far enough in the let- Sleeping Dogs to talk about. I did have one more I should have added. When, last episode, when I'd been talking about how I, I just started a game the day we recorded the last episode, <clears throat> uh, I've played that some more, and that is Factorio. I'm up to three hours into Factorio. Have you seen Factorio? No, I, I don't even think I've heard of it, uh, other than you mentioning it before. Yeah, it's it's... I guess it's still technically an early access. It's one of those never-ending early access games uh, on Steam. But it's kind of a management uh, type game. You are playing a survivor of a space crash. And you're trying to escape the planet. And basically what you're doing to try and escape the planet is um, you're kind of being Minecrafty. You're building stuff so it's like okay i need i need metal so i'll build a mine that'll dig out metal and this is all like a top-down view and okay well the mine's working to dig out metal well to power the miner i need coal so i'll build a mine that gets coal and you build arms that'll shift the stuff from onto conveyor belts to move it to somewhere else where it can go on to a into a factory and the factory will make things and then the parts from the factory are shipped onto another conveyor that moves it to a yet another factory that uses those parts from a bunch of other factories to build yet something else. <clears throat> so you're basically just creating what amounts to a giant machine of uh, or a giant factory world that is trying to make things of a increasing complexity so you'll start out and you'll design it and when you build it you'll build it and you'll have a uh your stuff will work together and make things a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more so you start out with you building things to build up what it starts and then the way you design and build everything is so it feeds each other so they can keep feeding 
more stuff. So eventually you'll go, you'll get it. So you've got factories making big uh, things automatically. So you'll just go and pick up the stored stuff that's been stored there and then go on to continue building more factories and building a defensive perimeter because there's alien things that rush the, the, the area and this and that. It's fun. It's a lot of fun, actually. I'm very, very bad at it. Um, I thought, I think it just, I need more time to get better at it. I am not great at doing the necessary, creating the kind of necessary efficient layouts that make your factories work really, really well. Um, I will get there. I might end up having to sit down and with a piece of paper and make plans on my piece of paper and think about it before I actually build this stuff more. But so far it's been a lot of fun. It's been real interesting. It's sort of the more and more complexity kind of reminds me of kingdom of Keflings. Don't know if you ever played kingdom or world of Keflings. I think this sounds much more complicated though. Yeah. I think I played one of the Kefling games. It sounds familiar. If I did, it was a, you at one. At a, yeah. There was no, defensive grid stuff or anything but it was essentially you would build buildings and then the the plot would tell you to build more and more complex things so you basically had more and more complex blueprints that required more and more resources and you'd have these little keflings and you'd order them around and yes it's a lot like that you'd move around as your avatar and you were the big giant and they worshipped you basically yeah it would it would be something kind of like that yeah okay because this was making me think gosh i sure wish there was another keflings game because those were very chill. This though sounds like, I mean, first you had spreadsheets in space, and now you've got graph paper. Yeah, I know. I that's why it may. That's one of those things that why it's some can sometimes be really hard for me to recommend games to people because I'm that guy who plays weird games. Like <clears throat> all the hours I've thrown in lately playing um, Cold Waters. I mean, I'm up to 84 hours total playtime in Cold Waters so far. And I haven't played it in a in a, over a week. It's been almost two weeks since I played Cold Waters, and I've got it up to eighty four hours played. And I just like weird games. I think that's what it is. Well, they're not hearing about them on any other podcast, so it's good in a way. I only name my boring two year old triple A games. I'm just like the the shooter on the bro box with his. And they're just lucky I don't play Madden. They'd never hear the end of it. Holy cow. I wonder. I wonder if there's a way I can sort my my Steam library to show my most played games. I'm pretty sure I know what my most played game is. You have to make your own spreadsheet and track it on your own. I or if Steam doesn't let you, I'm sure there's a third party site that does it. Yeah, I'm sure my most played game is either Torchlight Two or one of the Civs. Mm. Torchlight Two, I've got 219 hours in. Oh wow! Yeah. I only played the first Torchlight. I like Torchlight 2 a lot, obviously. Let's see. Sid Meier's, Sid Meier's, Sid Meier's. I've got 220 hours, one more hour into Civ 5 than I do <laughs> in Torchlight 2. It was a close thing. That, 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 that's what it is. I might, I might have to play another hour of Torchlight just to make them match up. <laughs> yeah yeah all symmetry it's all about all about the symmetry. symmetry would be proud of you well i think we made it to the end of the show then yeah i think so 
All right. Well, as a reminder to our listeners, you can reach out to us, facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers Podcast. We're also available via email, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And I've been so terrible on Instagram. I'm so sorry. I, I had the perfect opportunity to take a ton of good pictures and video and this and that when we were at Penapalooza. And yet I, I didn't. Ton of opportunity. I was so bad. Ton. I've got. Why? I'm, you know what? I'm not good at social media. I'm just not good at. But you're a social media manager. I am? Well, yeah. Crad. I'm gonna have to. You're the one who gets to say the Twitch. The you get to say the Twitch and the and the whatever gram. So you must be. Well, and, and that's I the other thing is I don't really like Twitch at all. Uh, I use it. Yeah, but we. I, know, ha- I use we have it. To post I just. It. I'm not. I don't. I don't really like it that much. I mean, I, I I use it, but now Instagram. I like Instagram a lot more than Twitch. I just. I need to start putting stuff up more. I need to take more pictures and do more interesting stuff and sharing sharing anything it's it's just it's so sad i've been so you need to take a picture of you like giving the the horns when you beat cuphead with it with the victory screen in the background <laughs> there you go with the horns there, there. I've, I've i've basically written you your entire week's worth of content right there yeah. well you could do like a thumbs i mean you know you have some creative flexibility you don't have to do my exact pose <laughs> but i didn't know you were such a texas fan <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of our let me tell you what our analytics say. Texans very important to us. So all right, we, we want to keep them Woo! happy. We got all right. We got to keep them happy. And if I later tell you it's time to roll tide, you roll tide. <laughs> we're just going to be. We're gonna. We're, we go. Oh man, now I want to watch Crimson Tide. It's a great Such movie. A Actually, movie. I keep wanting to watch it. Ever since you've been talking about Cold Waters, I keep wanting to put it in because I do have it on DVD. I did. Did I, did I mention last time that I went and watched Hunt for Red October? You were going to, yeah. Go watch I went and watched it, Hunt for Red October. Oh, it was it was good. It was good. I I forgot how good the music is in that movie. That movie's music is just it's killer. I know I've, I own the soundtrack. I've got the soundtrack on CD in my CD box somewhere in the garage. I think mm. I might need to dig it yeah. up and, and rip it to a format that I actually listen to, like. Eight track? Yeah, I need to rip it to eight track. That's what I have to do. Is rip it to eight track. Mm-hmm. The other, the whole album had to be good with eight track because <laughs> you couldn't be skipping around all the time. The 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 other option is to fire up Spotify and just search for Hunt for Red October soundtrack and. Oh yeah, <laughs> good old Spotify. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, everyone, uh, obviously we've reached the extent of our content because we're now gone into the eclectic movies, which is always a risk with us. Yeah, but. it is. Man, that would, now that would, they're fun. That, those, and they tie those in would so be, well. Those would be episodes that could last forever. They could, yeah. We would, we could actually do a pretty good movie, uh, podcast because we see quite a bit and we have a lot of yeah. historic ones that we can pull from. But at least we get to tie them in well with video games and pinball. They yeah. love these themes. Yeah. There was a Hunt for Red so October video game on Game Boy and mm-hmm. Super Nintendo. I remember them. I owned yeah, the I Game Boy one. Them. I did not own the Super Nintendo one. I don't think. I think I rented mm-hmm. it. I don't own either of them now. But yeah, it's been a long time. I don't know if I, I think I've got the Super NES games in the basement somewhere, but I have no, I didn't own all that many Super Nintendo games, but well, uh, until next time, uh, I'm Dennis and I'm Tony. So long, everyone.